What's up, Weeboos? Welcome back to the Weeboo Podcast. This is Season 3, Episode 16. As we kind of near the end of the winter 2022 season, we wanted to provide you a breakdown of some of the hottest anime that we saw coming out this past season. We're going to talk about 86. We're going to talk about Ranking of Kings. A little bit of Vanitas, but that might be punted a little bit to next week. And the biggest anime we want to talk about today is actually Demon Slayer because we've given it some time, you know, to settle. People have had the time to catch up. We can finally talk about it in detail. And yeah, so I guess before we get into that, welcome back, Pat from Singapore. How does it feel to be back in the U.S.? Thanks, Chris. It's it's good to be back. It's always nice to eat uh, American food and feel fat. And no, I'm just kidding, but. <laughs> it's nice it's a change of weather um i'm not a humidity type of person i like the cold so it's a little cold in california right now it's feeling a little nice so it's a nice change of pace for me uh get to like watch anime more on the time zones i'm i'm used to i.e in late at night in the dark <laughs> but are you gonna miss all the weeb things from singapore though i am i am man Singapore is going hard on the AOT fandom. It's honestly kind of cool. <laughs> I really like it out there. Uh, it's just really popular. Everywhere you go, there's there's just anime references. Whether it's the coffee shops, the restaurants, the bookstores. You know, it's really cool just to see how ingrained anime is, is like becoming, I guess. Especially AOT. Yeah, I guess on that note though, would you ever want to... Or have you ever pictured yourself living in Japan to kind of experience the true weave experience? Or is that something that's like never crossed your mind? You know, I've thought about it, but I can't really speak Japanese. I'd have to hold do the whole like learning, learning the language type of thing, which is pretty tough. But I mean, it could be cool. I I feel like I would struggle pretty hard first learning the language and then being able to learn enough words to converse about how I feel about anime and like an episode and talk about it. I think conversational Japanese is one thing, but like really diving deep into an anime that that takes a little more practice, if that makes sense. I feel like there's a lot of people that's been going there or moving there, maybe not during the pandemic because of the whole visa situation and Japan not letting people in, but I feel like there's been a movement for people to move to Japan to experience Japan on their own, whether that be studying abroad or picking up work or just in general. So I feel like the English speaking population has kind of increased over the time. And maybe that's also the effect of the Olympics. So I don't think you would struggle that much. But maybe if you wanted to just go into the real Japanese rural towns and stuff, then you would struggle. But I think you would be fine in Tokyo, to be honest. I mean, Tokyo is, isn't too bad because there's a lot of English speakers, right? Especially in the city itself. I think it's just once you leave it, it gets a little hard. And and I do know a lot of people who moved to Tokyo and they enjoy it. I think it's it's a that's a huge jump, right? To go completely to Tokyo and, and just try it out. But it it sounds fun. Would you ever go there for smaller periods of time then? Something like a month or three months? Yeah, I would I would definitely do like a half year. I think a half year would, would be really fun. I guess what you experience in Singapore is a hint of what people experience in Japan on a daily basis. I'm sure there is more anime just outside of AOT. You'll get your mix of the isekais or the shounens or different categories a lot more in Japan. So... That's something I've been interested in seeing. I haven't really seen it that much because every time I go to Japan, I actually never really went to anime exhibits or anime events or anything like that. And maybe that's because my my weebness has just exploded during the pandemic and I haven't been able to go back in order to experience it. But it would be fun. I think everyone's weebness kind of exploded in the pandemic, though. I don't think that's that's a... That's just you, right? <laughs> yeah, there's a weeb plosion that happened during the COVID-19 pandemic. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's cool, though, that I think a lot more people are going to these types of exhibits. Like, even 
back in the day, it's is it less that you wanted to go to the exhibit or less that you just weren't too much in anime yet? You know, I think it was more so I was embarrassed to go into the exhibits because I feel like there's just always been a negative connotation associated with being an otaku or being a weeb. So I never wanted to go in there. So I was like a weeb in the closet at the moment or during that time. But now I feel like everyone's very expressive of their interest in anime, their love for anime. And it's just a whole different ballgame. I'm curious to see what Anime Expo will be like this summer because I feel like the whole vibe of it might be really different than what it's been before. Are we going? We're going, right? I would assume we're going. Maybe. We didn't even buy tickets. The tickets came out like two months ago. <laughs> we can still go. <laughs> I bet you they're reselling like Coachella tickets. Oh. We'll find a way to go, maybe. <laughs> we'll see. It'd be fun, honestly. I've never been. I don't think you've been before, right? I have not been, no. It sounds fun. At least for a day. I don't know if I could do the whole weekend, but at least a day would be interesting to see. Would you ever cosplay? I've thought about it more so recently. I don't think I would. I, I still think I'm just too embarrassed to do it. But I don't know. I guess if I were to do it, I don't know what I would be. Would you do it? I don't know if I would do it. But... Okay, if you had to do it, who would you be? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, see, I don't know if I would choose someone like very basic, like a shonen, or, or just do something really, really random. I'm leaning towards something really, really random. You know what? I think I know who I would be. Who would you be? Who would you be? This is recency bias, but I think I would do Vanitas. I really like Vanitas' design. Vanitas is really cool. The whole book, the book and the chain gig he's got going on. Yeah, and his little earrings with the, I don't know what they're called, but those sand timer things. It's a vibe. His colors are a vibe too, the the light blues and the and the blacks. Yeah, his whole art like his it. whole artwork is is a vibe. I really like Vanitas. Um his whole outfit, yeah, he's just really cool. Dude, you should do Bochi. Yeah. <laughs> easiest Easy, cosplay easiest ever. Easiest cosplay ever. Wear a blue shirt and a crown and you're you're lit. How about Kage? I'll just dress in black. Then you gotta like lay down on the ground. <laughs> with an eye. <laughs> it, crawl along. That just sounds like a lot of work that you probably don't want to do. Um, but yeah, I I've never really thought about it. Dang. I don't even. I can't even get myself to wear a T-shirt that's anime related. I think you have some T-shirts, right, from Uniqlo collabs, but I don't think I own anything besides the Akira collab with Supreme, and that's the only thing I've ever worn. That's forefront. I am a weeb, or this is anime clothing. Yeah, I have like six Demon Slayer t-shirts. It's... But Do you wear those though? They're pretty subtle. I wear them to sleep a lot. <laughs> but See, but you don't wear them in public though. So that's, that's I different. would say there's only one of them I wear in public and it's more subtle. It doesn't have any images of any characters. It just says Kimetsu no Yaiba. Which I think is very, very subtle. Is it big or is it just right over your like left chest or something? Um, it's at the bottom of like a graphic on the front, but the graphic is just okay. the color, like the uh, color scheme of the like Hashira capes almost like the, the printed pattern that each of them wear. Oh, so you, okay. If you just saw that, you'd be like, I have no idea what this is. Unless you watch Demon Slayer and you knew exactly like where those printed, you know, capes are from, you'd have no idea. All right, maybe Anime Expos are our time. This is when we need to come out of the closet. We need to throw away our corporate life or corporate lifestyle and just, just go for it. It could be pretty fun. I mean, if you think about it, it's, it's a way to just feel no shame and enjoy the moment. Hey, this could actually be our ticket to getting viewers. Like, what if we dress up so well that a lot of people want to take pictures with us and we just give them Weeboo Podcast business cards okay if there's one thing i'm confident about it's that if we ever tried to do cosplay we would probably be terrible at it in this first go around no no no. we have to hire someone that knows what they're doing obviously we can't do it alone if we made it alone oh man we would probably be naked by the end of anime expo because everybody will everything will rip apart we would be kicked out we would be shunned 
<laughs> but maybe we will be so bad that people will still want to take pictures with us. This is this is our ticket. I'm telling you, this is the be- best publicity stunt that we can do for this podcast. I saw some. Um, I guess I, I I watch a lot of TikToks of cosplaying, and there's just a lot of funny funny videos that come out of it, like people calling each other out on you know their outfits. I don't know if you've if you watch TikTok a lot. Have you seen any of those like videos where like there was a recent there was a recent expo and someone dressed as as Nina from FMAB and everyone was just like crying as he walked by. Like crying in a good way or crying in a bad way? A bad way. way. Like how could you do this? <laughs> I I haven't seen those but that, I because, wouldn't pick a mainstream character like that. Well, he didn't dress as Nina. He dressed as the dog. <laughs> oh oh i see yeah the sad sad story of fmab yeah yeah let's not go go over that controversial line we gotta do something subtle and good i'm telling you bochi and kage this this is our time but the way that show ended man i, I don't know if i want to be associated <laughs> all right i guess this is our, our ranking of king's pivot i think we want to talk about Ranking Kings and 86 at the very least today, since those are the two that I was able to finish during this week. And that was the homework that you gave me. Ranking Kings is an interesting one. I think it's might be one of the more controversial opinions that we both have, but a lot of people still like Ranking of Kings. I, I look at the reviews. I look at people's responses on Twitter, on Reddit, etc. People still say they enjoyed the show. Would you say that you enjoyed Ranking of Kings yes. as a whole. Yeah, I, I enjoyed Ranking of Kings. It was a great show as a whole. Yeah, there are some moments where I thought they could have done better, but I think, you know, for 23 episodes, there was never a point where I wanted to stop watching it. Okay. So I think there's a lot of, you know, props that have to be given there. I was always entertained. Um I love the characters. I like the plot progression. It's just a very interesting story, right? And in that sense, I think Ranking of Kings does a very good job at keeping, you know, watchers very entertained with a different plot um, and kind of storyline. And just seeing kind of the, your feelings change, like I think, spoiler warning, but to really go into like how I felt about Rankings is in the beginning, you kind of have this antagonist feeling towards Dida, right? Um, Bochi's brother but as the show kind of goes on you kind of start siding for the guy and to have that change of feeling in terms of who you're hating who you're siding with it's very interesting in that regards because for an anime to be able to do that and have so many twists in 23 episodes I think is very hard to do yeah I think that's fair I think ranking kings is definitely a journey over the span of the 23 episodes I think where there's a little bit more controversy around Ranking of Kings, at least towards the back end of the show, is there's a clear separation either in the quality of the show or the quality of the story or the plot, however you want to look at it, between Core 1 and Core 2, at least from my opinion. Do you feel that way too? Or do you still think like Core 1 and Core 2 both are pretty much the same, pretty good in quality and it's kind of just been leveled throughout the entire show no 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 there's definitely a drop off in ranking of kings and and like you said i don't know if you want to call it a core one or core two but the first half of it is very well done and the second half is where you start feeling like there's a lot of plot holes a lot of unexplained events and that's what leaves us confused and so as a whole, Ranking of Kings, I think, has actually been, you know, dropping down my list as I've gotten more into the second half of it. But the first half was done very, very well. And that was the reason why, you know, at the end of our Anime of the Year awards, I was I had Ranking Kings so high because, yeah, it wasn't complete, but I was just trying to give credit where it was due. And I thought the first half of it, you know, was very, very good. And I, I think you felt something similar. You thought it was a really interesting show, but I don't think you wanted to grade it until you saw the whole thing, which, you know, now that we have, mm-hmm. I think is very justifiable that you know, <laughs> you know, this thing is not in the top 10 anymore. I mean, which could be my hot take as a whole, as a 23 episode run. I don't know. 
I think the second half didn't do it justice. Yeah, definitely. Maybe, you know, as a spoiler warning, like we want to get into the details of Ranking of Kings and 86. So if you haven't watched those shows yet, feel free to skip this part and go on to the next section of the podcast. But for Ranking of Kings specifically, like you said, there is a clear separation in the quality of the show between Core 1 and Core 2. And I, like you said didn't feel like it was a good move for me to judge the show based on the first 13 episodes, primarily because we've seen shows really drop the ball in core two. Examples I could think of, Promise Neverland, season two, terrible compared to season one. Tokyo Ghoul is a little bit worse, obviously, in the anime than uh, as, as the story progresses than the manga, for example. So that's why I didn't want to rate it. But in terms of Core 2, what for you personally do you think went wrong with Ranking of Kings? Because Core 1, in my opinion, just looking at it from 13 episodes, it might have been one of the best 13 episodes I've watched in the last two years or so. But for some reason, in the next 10 episodes or so, or however many there was in Core 2, I did not get even remotely close to that same feeling that I got in core one. So yeah, I think like you said, the first 13 episodes are a very different feel to the second half. Um, And it's not promised Neverland bad, right? We didn't just fall off a cliff, but there was definitely a progression downhill. And I definitely think, like you said, we can feel it in the anime. We can see it happening episode to episode that there's just something missing after the 13th episode. Like basically, once you go into winter 2022, I think at first it's not too bad, but especially towards the last, what, four or five episodes, you realize something's changing in the show. And you're not really sure what it is, but by the end of it, you kind of realize that it feels rushed and there's a lot of unanswered questions in the show itself. And I don't think I felt very happy with the ending i don't know if you felt something similar or if you just thought it was just not tied well together with the first half like if it was very slow progression in that first half and the second half was really just felt rushed to just get to the ending do you think the show would have done better if it was more than 23 episodes yes but okay so this is the part that i don't know and maybe anyone listening can help you know shed some light The way when I was watching it, I was like, okay, this is strange. Something seems like it changed. So I looked up the manga afterwards. And the manga does not get anywhere close to the ending. So I'm not sure if they're just missing chapters in the English translation online. I don't know if in Japanese it's actually finished or like there's further in the story. But at least what I could find in English, I couldn't figure out what happened. Like if if this is one of those shows where they were following the manga... And then once the manga stops, the the anime studio just kind of did the story themselves. Yeah, that makes sense. I I have no idea, obviously. I know the manga has a really low rating on Mao at the very least. I think it's like 7.5 or something. I, I don't remember off the top of my head. But I remember checking it and thinking the original work wasn't as high as some of these other stories. For example, Vanitas, the manga is close to, I think, around an 8.5, 8.6. So from that, there was like speculation or doubt that was coming out of Ranking of Kings. Like, why is original story so low, lowly scored? And as a result, I had some doubts about how the story would progress. And that's also why I don't want to rate it after the first half. For some reason, Core 2 feels super rushed in that they're trying to wrap up this whole arc, I guess, or this whole story. I don't know how, how people view it, but they try to wrap everything up. And as a result, they're brushing over certain things. Character motives aren't really explained. Bochi just has extreme plot armor. It's unbelievable. This guy is more, he has more plot armor than Kirito, which is unheard of in my opinion. And I don't know, like the core two just kind of lost me because they knew they had to get to an ending, but they weren't able to maneuver themselves there all that smoothly. 
And that's, I think, where they kind of dropped the ball. Yeah, I I 100% agree. Uh, I hate using that term because it's pretty negative, but I do think they dropped the ball on that second half. It's unfortunate, right? They had such good potential. I mean, they were they were on the up and up, <laughs> you know. This show could have been really, really good. And and it's still good. Like, I'm not going to say it's bad, but it just it just felt wrong to end it the way it did or the way they wrapped it up. I thought after watching the first 13 episodes, probably similar to you, I thought this show had the potential to be something very special that came out 2021. A show that everybody looked back at, remembered, and remembered it being one of the best shonen or fantasy adventure stories that we've got in a long time because it was so unique. The main character was someone that everyone could back and support. There was a clear antagonist at the time, but all that kind of changed in the course of Core 2 and they weren't able to capitalize in a way that left us, the audience, thinking this is a very special show. And maybe that's because there's other shows out there that were better in winter 2022. I don't know. Or there are just other shows that fly out better in 2021. But as an end result, I just don't think it did as well as it potentially could have. And is definitely not reflective of the mouse score of 8.74. There's no way. This show getting an 8.74 hot take is more illegal than Hunter Hunter getting a 9. What about Assassin at a 7.3? Assassin's a 7.3? I don't know. I was that that was I think oh. I think it might be a higher than that actually. I don't know. Over overall quality of the show was it just dropped off significantly. It I didn't even feel that way about Assassin. I thought Assassin 13 episodes were very solid over the course of the 13 episodes. But Ranking of Kings just has this fluctuation, significant fluctuation from the highs and the lows that I don't know what really caused caused it. I want to hear your opinion on this, but what's your opinion on the main antagonist of the show? Miranjo? Yeah, Mir- Miranjo. I'm very confused about how she's an antagonist and how she ends up like not being an antagonist at the end, if that's a spoiler, but... It's just a mess. It's just a mess how she's... Her whole character is a mess. I have no idea how to explain it except that. Like, it's not like the show does a good job making you hate her and then like her. It's just confusing. Like, she at in the beginning, in the first, like, 12 episodes, you get the sense that there's someone else pulling the strings. And that kind of gives a hint that, you know, Miranjo is the actual antagonist. But the whole second half doesn't really follow that. They start changing the perception of her. And I didn't like the way they did it. Um, so I don't like her as antagonist because the way the show... I don't even know if her character progresses. But the way they present her is very confusing. And you have a hard time deciding if you should feel sorry for this person. Or if you should like this person. Or if you should hate this person. And then at the end they just kind of make that choice for you and I really don't like it. Yeah, Miranjo is my least favorite part of the show. She is absolutely the worst antagonist I've seen ever in any shonen. Okay, that's probably that's probably exaggeration. But in recent memory, she's the worst antagonist I've seen. Her motives are so unclear that I have no idea why all this even happened. And on top of that, her motives were so bad. <laughs> like, that's all I could say. Just the reason for her doing what she did throughout the course of the show is either one, non-existent, or two, makes absolutely no sense. And because of that, I was just so triggered towards the back end of the show when they're trying to explain her backstory, trying to explain why she's doing what she's doing. And on top of that, I'm watching Bochi like steamroll through every single plot issue roadblock that comes up in the show and a combination of those two things was just like is there even plot in the show is there really a problem yeah i 100 percent agree with that it's almost like i this is the problem i have is that i don't know 
if the manga has gotten as far as it did. Like, I don't know if they just try to adapt this too early, or if this is really how the manga progresses. If this is how the manga progresses, this show is terrible. If if the manga stopped where I can only see in English chapters, which is right around when um, King Boss gets revived, then everything makes sense to me. Everything makes sense that this whole back half was like some weird interpretation of how they thought the story should go. Yeah. Because that's where I thought like the show was good. Um, when King Boss got revived, I was like, oh, this is, this is lit. Like, this is a good show. After that, I was like, okay, who do you, what do you want me to think about right here? Is the demon the bad guy? Is Miranjo the bad guy? Or is Oaken the bad guy? And these all are like very interesting stories, but you don't tie up anything. And then you just tell me I'm supposed to like Miranjo all of a sudden. I'm like, hold up. Like, I'm just confused on all these different levels about what, what's going on here. And then it's called the ranking of kings. And then there's no ranking. Like, like what is this title all of a sudden? Like, I'm so <laughs> confused. Like, you didn't even give this guy a ranking. He, first of all, he becomes king and then leaves. And then you're telling me the demon guy is the number one ranked king now? Like, hold on. Like, there's just so many holes I have. I was just like, dude, I can't even review this because I'm so confused at what I just watched in, like, the last three episodes. That was something I wanted to ask you as well because... Literally, the show is called Ranking of Kings or Osama Rankingu in Japanese. And they don't touch that concept once. Maybe once at the start of the show. And they don't touch it at all in Core 2. It's not mentioned once. I was just like, what is the point of this story then? We're just watching Bochi just grow up. Then why is it called Ranking of Kings? Why is this whole concept that... There's rankings set for all these kings in different countries or different regions, even introduced in the story. I don't I don't get it. I really don't get it. Yeah, this is a hot take, but the way it ended, I mean, rank like you said, there's no way this is even close to an eight, right? As a as a whole, this show ended so poorly. I'm just so confused. Like the show's bad. When you if this is how the show is put together, this show is just bad. Okay, and this goes back to our discussion of Mal, but this show right now on Mal is ranked number 37, just in terms of score. That's literally illegal. There is no way in hell this should be ranked 37. Okay, so if if you had given the Mal score like an 8.8, you know, after first 13 episodes, would you respect that? Because I would say, you know, fine, I, I agree. Now, if you watch the back half, do you think everyone should go in and edit their ranking or or their rating? Yes. They should, right? That should be your duty. If you rated the first half, you need to go back and and change that score. Yes. There's no way in hell if you rated it a 9 after core 1. There is no way. Okay, maybe some people think this show's actually a 9. And if if that's your honest opinion, sure, keep the 9. But if you don't think... The show is a 9 after Core 2. You have to go edit the score. Because people, new anime fans are going to come on Mal, look for a show to watch, and they're going to see this as rank number 37 that was recently aired, and they're going to watch it. But there is no way in hell this should be rank number 37. There's there's just no way. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And maybe we're beating this topic to death, but this is just another case of something went wrong, I think, in the back half of the show. <laughs> and I don't know what it was, but I, I can't explain it. To me, it, it was more so the plot. Like, the show lacks plot, and that's that's the whole issue. The writing was really cheesy towards the back end of the show, too. And just, like, the resolution of the the problem itself was... I don't know. It almost felt like a cop out, but at the same time, maybe they're rushing it. I don't know. I guess in the end, though, based on our scoring system that we have, we don't have to go through all the different categories here just to save some time. But out of five, what would you give the show? So I think it's a 2.5. I hope. Ooh. Yeah, it's I mean, as a whole, because it's so bad. Like if you asked me on the first half, I would say it was probably like a four, four, four to four point five. But the back half is so bad. It's like a... Okay, maybe the back half's like a two. So I guess that averages out to like a three. I guess we're back at a three. I guess we're back... Okay. 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 I gotta give it a three then because the first half is really good. And I'm not gonna deny that. The first half is amazing. 
For the back half, like a two, maybe a one point five. Man, I thought you were a pioneer of this podcast by saying this show's a two point five because when I was giving this a score to this on Mal on my account, I gave it a five out of ten as average. And I, w- I was kind of scared. I was like, ah, do I really want to give it a four? To me, it might be closer to a four than it is a five. But I was like, you know what? The first half was, was decent. It was good. It was a good first 13 episodes. So I'll give it a five. It's an average show. So I was going to go with a three out of five. I was like, dude, this guy's a pioneer. He, he, did, he had the balls to do what I, I couldn't do by giving it a 2.5. It's... It's weird, right? The ending is just weird. Like, it's not even bad. It's just weird. And it's so weird it becomes bad. Agreed. Like, yeah. there's no way Dida, who is like, he's clearly got to be like 12 years old, goes and marries this antagonist woman who's definitely has to be like 30 to 40. Yeah. Like, there's just a lot of things wrong with the show. Yeah. How the closed all the loose ends just didn't make a whole lot of sense and then yeah the oaken ending how they try to close oaken up that was even that was terrible i was so pissed off when i saw that whole scene i was like did i just why did you just waste like three minutes on this oaken scene like this was terrible they should just left him in the rock and yeah there was no reason to split it open chuck his head and then leave it at that like there was just no need for the scene yeah there's a lot of weird scenes just throughout the end of the end of it uh, i think we can agree it's either a 2.5 if we want to hit that range but le- maybe a three if we're being kind so the the we woo podcast the weaves out of office give this show a three out of five as an average show based off of what we saw in core one and core two but i guess that's a lot of negative things we talked about ranking of kings the other show we want to talk about here is 86 i know how much you liked 86 based off the last last uh, podcast episode. What is your take on 86? Does your score change like based off the break that they took? How did you feel about the ending, etc.? Like what, what's your overall takeaway from the show? Right. And I know you have a lot of strong opinions on 86 too. So I'm going to just make mine relatively quick and then we can go into it kind of hear both sides. But as a whole, I really really enjoyed 86 as a story and yeah they took the break they tried to throw a recap episode in again i don't even know how many recap episodes 86 has but the problem i think they have four the problem with this show is that they just have a lot of studio production issues but as a story it's done pretty well it differs a bit from the manga in terms of the order of events that everything occurs i mean not the manga the light novel because i did skim the light novel because some things were a little out of order but you know for an a anime take on just talking about the anime i i did like it a lot um and the way they closed everything up i'll let you comment on that as well but i thought it was done perfectly is what i wanted as like a fan of a fan of the show um, obviously I wished, you know, they didn't keep it to the last episode before you could have that, that closure and that feeling, but I like it. I liked how they at least tied it up in the show. Um, because it, the way they tied it up, it seems to me there's not going to be a third season. I don't know if they've actually released a third season yet, but if the mm-hmm. show ended the way this last episode wrapped up, I would be pretty happy with it like i wouldn't need a third season um and i'd much rather have that than have a show leave on a cliffhanger assuming there's going to be another season that that season never comes i think 86 is done the anime at least maybe there's a part three and a part four later on as a light novel progresses i don't know if the light novel's still going do you know if the light novel's still going the light novel that I looked up online le- leaves off at the same exact point. So I'm actually not sure either. Okay, so I guess there's there's potential, right? The author could write about the continuation continuation of this story or maybe do a time skip to 20, 30 years, etc. And then continue the story of how this world has progressed. So there's potential, I think, for a part three and a part four. But I think this part of the story is is at least done. 
So there's closure. The, there isn't going to be a continuation of the anime. And th this is what we get. My opinion of 86 is that I really enjoyed watching 86 through part one all the way to part two. There, there are points that were irritating that kind of came from delays in the episodes releasing a lot of recap episodes in between they took a three-month hiatus in order to finish the show but if that happened because they wanted to execute the show better i'm totally fine with it because if people go watch 86 now and watch it in full it's probably better than what it would have been if they rushed it and then just tried to release everything at once without taking the breaks in between. So in that sense, I'm fine with it. I think the ending for 86, I know you like it a lot, is the polar opposite of like Ranking of Kings in that it gives the fans a closure and it gives the fans what they wanted in a sense. So I don't really have a huge problem with it. The only thing I have a problem with, with the ending, is that it's, way too cheesy the writing is way too cheesy besides that like i could look past the cheesy writing the the music and score like you said were fantastic the there was a sense of closure that came from the show and we could kind of move on in a sense like we watched a great show in 86 and we could go find the next new show without having that emptiness or having that need to find out what's coming next that's how i feel right so it feels like the the closure i think is a very i mean you have to give a lot of credit for the show wrapping up and and giving that sense of closure i think that's a that's missed a lot of the times because people expect future seasons right and some people like being left on a cliffhanger if they know the next season's coming but if you don't i think i enjoy getting that type of closure and i just looked it up where the show leaves off, <clears throat> that's about where volume three ends in the light novel. There's actually 10 volumes of 86. Oh, 10 volumes? There's a lot of story left, yeah. Okay, so maybe there is potential to continue the story here. So maybe there's a part three, part four, part five, etc. down the line once they announce it. But at least for the time being, the fans who watched part one and part two don't have to feel like they have to wait another four years in order to see the ending of this current story like aot fans right and based off the popularity um i wouldn't be surprised if 86 you know is green light green lit for you know future 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 seasons especially because there's a lot of light novel to go at least from some of the sources i just glanced at really quick um and and yeah you're right it's a little cheesy but it's a shonen to some extent and you know all shonens are a bit cheesy so well, it's not really a shonen, right? It's like a mecha drama. Okay, yeah. With some sprinkle of slice of life. The slice of life aspect of the show is what makes it a little cheesy, but you know, I see it. The writer wants to make the scenes extravagant, etc. Like, I see the reasoning behind the the cheese, at least. It's like good. Is is it's good cheese, right? Don't you feel like it's good cheese? Like you know, it's cheese, but it's good cheese. I do think so, but at the same time. There's cheese that you can make, make it more subtle. Like this cheese ain't subtle, man. Okay. They just sprinkled it all over. On you know top. it's coming, right? Is that your problem that you know it's coming? Obviously, there the buildup is so obvious. Like it's blatant, right? They're basically telling you what's going to happen until it until yeah. it actually happens. And maybe yeah, that's not for everyone, but for me, I love actually knowing that it's going to happen and just waiting for that to happen. I think that's fine, though. Like, we see that in some romance shows. For example, something like Toradora. We know for a fact that two are going to get together. And you're just waiting for that moment, for that cheesy romance moment for them to get together. And that's fine. The The one scene that bothers me a lot from this show is when... And this is a spoiler. Everyone can skip it, like I said. Is when they're in that, like, flower field. And they see Vladelina kind of approaching Shin from miles away and they have this like interaction with each other and every sing single thing Vladelina says in that span or in that monologue is the cheesiest thing I've I've seen in anime in at least the last year but it's not bad I just kind of cringe a little bit 
it's nice though because I think you know the way I saw it was part of the reason they did it is because it completely contrasts Shin's character as a whole, the way he's portrayed throughout eighty six, you know, as the as the Grim Reaper essentially. It just contrasts his personality that they've built to have these other feelings, and to see that like romantic cheesiness, I think it's just a different side of Shin that I really enjoyed. I'm not speaking for Vladelina. I mean, she wasn't even in the second core. I mean, she was just kind of gone the entire entire 12 episodes or so, which sucks because I think she's a very popular character. Um, I actually think without her, the show doesn't really doesn't blend. And yeah, they might have done her dirty with those cheesiness, that cheesiness. I mean, she's supposed to be like uh, bloody Regina now, right? And they just kind of do her dirty, make her seem like a simp. Or maybe they're both simps for each other, but I liked it. I liked it. I thought it was that it was nice. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the the ending conclusion. It is what it is. I, I actually really enjoyed watching the show. I, I personally enjoyed watching 86 more than I watched or I liked watching Regular Kings. So I guess before we move on to Demon Slayer here, what would you give 86 out of 5? I mean, is anything really a 5? 5 would be like a 10, right? That's like perfect. So that's like masterpiece. I mean, I, I, I guess we can't really, we're not doing these point decimal systems. So I guess it's a four, right? Because I want to give it higher than a four, but it's not a masterpiece. It's not a, it's not a five. You could give 0.5. I would say it's we're, like, we're, a, we're allowing 0.5. I would say it's a 4.5. I would say it's a 4.5. Okay. That's pretty reflective of what's in the score in Mal. It's an 8.71 for core two or part two. So you know, 4.5 is pretty much in line with that. I personally think it's probably a 4-ish as a whole, including part 1 and part 2. It It's it's weird. It's like hovering a fine line of somewhere between 3.5 and 4, but it's probably closer to a 4 than it is a 3.5. So I'll, I'll go with 4. 86 is a 4. That's a positive mark from us, you know. I don't know if there's that many shows that we would give out 4 and 4.5s and to right now, but... 86 overall was a great show. So if you haven't watched it yet, I would 10 out of 10 recommend 86 here. I guess this is the pivot to the last segment of the podcast and maybe the most controversial segment of the podcast, but Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer was arguably one of the most popular shows that came out in winter 2022. We didn't want to talk about it. So people had enough runway and enough time to watch the show. If you haven't watched Demon Slayer yet, Please feel free to skip this part of the podcast. Or if you just want to listen to what we think about Demon Slayer before you watch it, please feel free to listen. But the main controversial thing I think that comes from Demon Slayer that we want to discuss is, is Demon Slayer the plot good enough? Or is Demon Slayer just being hard carried by the animation that UFO Table is producing? What's your take on that? And did you enjoy Demon Slayer as a whole in the winter 2022 season? Okay, so let me start off by saying Demon Slayer as an entertaining show is A+. There is no way you can sit down, watch Demon Slayer, and tell me that you're not entertained. Now, Demon Slayer, the show, is very interesting because you have to break it down into into like what you said the plot versus the animation and is it a hot take or is it truth that ufo table is putting the story on its back because when i think of ufo table and you know we talk about you know fate the fate series a lot demon slayer as a plot is worse than the fate series and is that a hot take or is that just fact i don't know but, you know, we've been talking a lot the past couple weeks about JJK and how they're both similar shonens, you know, I mean, typical story. But JJK is just such more, it's just so much more interesting as a show. The thing that I wanted to also ask you, though, is, is Demon Slayer being simple in the plot a bad thing for the show? Definitely not. I enjoy simple shows that, you know, don't try to do too much. And I think that's a very good point that you bring up because Demon Slayer is entertaining because it's easy to follow and it has 
a protagonist that you're rooting for almost the entire way. There's nothing wrong with that, right? It, it's almost like it's almost like as simple as Naruto just fighting the Akatsuki. It's just straightforward. There's one bad guy, and there's a bunch of good guys, and people like that. I personally like that. Maybe some people don't, but I personally like having simple protagonists, simple antagonists. Let's just keep this keep the story going. Where the main character is going to grow, they're going to get stronger, they're going to get better. Almost like a <laughs> almost like how I play video games. Just get stronger until you can hack your way through everything. <laughs> and it's entertaining. It's not like it's not, there's nothing wrong with that. Um but you just have to know that as a plot I think it caps out at some point, like it plateaus in terms of what what you want from it. But there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, I think the obviously the direct con- comparison here is either to JJK or either to AOT, right? AOT is a really, really complex plot that's spanned over the course of almost 80 plus episodes, right? JJK also has a complex plot, has some different character dynamics that we're not sure about fully yet so in my eyes it's way more complex as a plot than demon slayer is i think the argument here that a lot of people have about demon slayer's plot is that it follows a very typical shonen formula one and two the plot is too simple there's no complexity there it's not a steins gate that has infinite different aspects of the plot. It's not an AOT that has a lot of underlying story that backs the plot, the back, that backs the character motives to figure out what's going on with the world. It's not that. We already know what's happening within this world from episode one of Demon Slayer going forward, right? And I don't know if a show should be penalized for being a simple show. If we're saying Demon Slayer is too simple of a show, and that's the reason why people are penalizing Demon Slayer, shouldn't we be saying that about almost every other slice of life we've seen? Shouldn't we be saying that about some of these romance drama anime? Or is Demon Slayer just getting penalized on the plot purely because it's categorized as a shonen? I don't know. It's it's an interesting question, and I've talked to a lot of people too about it. One recent comment I got was, quote, it's fucking boring. <laughs> okay. And, you know, I tried to I tried to elaborate and they said, it's just a shonen. Like, what, what more do you want? And that falls into that category of what you said. Some people just, they, they, they don't appreciate, appreciate it if the plot is simple. But I am on the complete opposite spectrum. And I think you kind of agree with me here is that, Simple is simple's nice. Simple doesn't mean it's bad. It just means that you have to just kind of set your boundaries and your expectations correctly. Right? We're not all trying to be blown away here with like Lord of the Rings or some crazy crazy franchise, but it's almost like Harry Potter. You know, I mean, yeah, maybe there's a few twists and turns, but for the most part there's a protagonist and an antagonist and you kind of just go with go with the flow. It's entertaining. Uh, when you take it in that sense. And yeah, Demon Slayer could have more plot, but it's worse to try and have a more complex story and, and not do it correctly than to have a simple story that is done well. And that's my personal opinion on it. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree with you. If you're going to do a simple story and do it well, it's going to be better than a complex story that flops. And that's for sure the case here in, in some certain situations. Obviously, a complex story like AOT, for example, very complete, very well done, at least up until the cer- to this point of the show. You know, it might not compare. It might not be on the same level as that. But I think one thing with Demon Slayer, and this might kind of go into like the whole UFO table conversation now, but is I feel like we need to appreciate Demon Slayer for at least the pro- production of the show. You can tell me the plot sucks. You can tell me you're bored out of your mind watching Demon Slayer. That's fine. Because the story is not complex because you don't like the story yourself. Sure, that's fine. The problem I have with people telling me Demon Slayer is bad is that you are 
really hindering your anime experience by saying Demon Slayer is bad because this is clearly the best produced show we've seen up until this point. I don't, there's no argument in terms of what other show in terms of animation and in terms of production is done better than Demon Slayer. I, I, I'm not willing to like open up my ears for that, to be honest with you, because JJK production wise is not up to par with Demon Slayer. AOT might be to some degree, maybe, but I don't think it's even, it's set a new standard similar to how Demon Slayer has with this entertainment district arc. And I just feel bad for people that don't enjoy at least the production of the show, even if you don't like the plot, because you're overlooking one of the most beautifully created anime that we've seen in the last 20 plus years just because you have a problem with the plot. And that's where my problem is with the people that say Demon Slayer is bad. At least when I see it on like Twitter or Twitch or YouTube, etc. It's interesting because I think for a lot of people, and, and some of these people might actually fall into the category of, you know, I was talking with my brother. He actually has not watched the latest season of Demon Slayer. And I was mind blown. I was like, what? What did you just say? You're watching. You're watching Arya Freta, and you tell me you haven't watched Demon Slayer. Like, what? 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 What's going on? And he told me, "Why would I watch this arc? Is this kind of boring in the manga?" And and then it and then I, re- I realized it because the plot is a little dull. There are probably people who don't want to watch it again because you don't know if it's just hype, right? That people are saying this is so good. This is so good. Like, right? If someone just tells you right. Demon Slayer is so good, you got to watch it. But you've already read the manga and you're like, oh, this this arc's kind of dull. I could completely see and understand why people would just feel like, oh, he's, the world's overreacting and overhyping Demon Slayer. It's not that good. But until you actually said, okay, I'm going to go watch this entertainment arc and see the craziness that UFO Table has, has done with this arc, it's hard to appreciate it. And maybe there's two sides of this coin. Maybe some people haven't read both, read both the manga and watch the show. And others might just, you know, just be, have only seen Demon Slayer. So that's all they can compare. But for some more hardcore anime fans, like maybe you and me, we read and we watch. We, we probably do more than the average fan. But some people who might have read this like a couple years back, I could completely see why they would just say, oh, Demon Slayer is not that good and not have watched this current season. They can keep up with conversations. They can tell you like, oh, I don't think it's that good because they know the story and it follows the manga very, very closely. Yeah, I mean, that's totally fair, right? Like if you think the plot of this is bad and you missed out on an entertainment district and you didn't watch it, sure, that that could be a reason for it. To me, the entertainment district wasn't more so about Demon Slayer. And this, this is going to sound kind of bad in terms of, I guess, Demon Slayer, the plot and me defending that to any regard. But to me, it's about UFO Table, man. In the end, we need to like at least show some kind of appreciation for what UFO Table just did with the Entertainment District. You can tell me the plot sucks, fine. But you cannot tell me that UFO Table sucks. You can't group UFO Table into that conversation. Because if UFO Table is going to produce this quality of a show every single year and going forward... Like, holy shit, we're about to get the best set of anime we've ever seen, ever. And if UFO Table bringing this ups the level of other studios like MAPPA and WIT Studio and Bones and etc. to increase their production level to meet this standard, holy shit, dude. Like, we're going to get the best quality of anime we've ever seen, ever, going forward. And that's, like, what the Entertainment District was, like, about in the end for me. If you don't like Demon Slayer, fine. Like, you don't have to watch the next season or whatever. But you are probably indirectly benefiting from UFO Table doing what they did with the Entertainment District. Because now MAPPA is going to come out with a fucking heat when they release Chainsaw Man or Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2 next year. Because now there's like a new standard of anime production that's been set by UFO Table for not just movies, but seasonal anime. Right. And and the way you talk about it, I think what attests to this is that this is one of those shows that for both you and me, if you're not watching it at 1080p, you just don't watch it. 
There are shows you and me, you and me <laughs> download at 720 because we're like, oh, it's faster. Oh, our internet's not that good. We're just gonna download at 720, <laughs> and and you don't lose anything, right? It's like Ranking Kings. If I watch 720. <laughs> oh, oh, big whoop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> same more. But Demon Slayer, it's like, oh, I, I, I actually have to watch it in 1080. Like, there's no, re- there's no way I cannot watch it in 1080. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's gonna, like, people are gonna feel the effect of this for sure. Especially, there's gonna be the Jujutsu Kaisen stands that come out in 2023 when season two comes out, and Mappa produces an unbelievable production out of it. They're gonna be like, you know, the production of Jujutsu Kaisen season two was way better than Demon Slayer was in Entertainment District. But you know what? Like that came as a result of this kind of back and forth interaction between UFO Table and MAPPA and all these other studios because they're one-upping each other all the time. So, I mean, we can make a discussion, right? Like we we talked about Jujutsu Kaisen Zero last week and how I felt that the time has really come for me personally that Jujutsu Kaisen is better than Demon Slayer as a story. But in the end, like the entertainment district, man, like the art, the fight scenes, the music, the production of the show. Holy shit, man. Like if you do not watch this, you're missing out the best quality of like action anime that we've seen ever, period. Right. It's it's so it's so many leagues above what's out there right now. And I think that's what is important to realize is that. Whether you like the plot or not, whether you think it's too simple, you have to appreciate what is going on with the show. And maybe you'll say, that's all UFO table, that Demon Slayer, I shouldn't be giving it credit. I shouldn't be increasing my score because this is what UFO table is doing. This isn't what Demon Slayer is doing. But at the end of the day, UFO table chose to do this with Demon Slayer. And for that reason, I think there's credit because UFO Table would not have been able to do this with a more complex plot. The reason it works with Demon Slayer is it's simple enough with enough action that they can really bring out the the story. And I think that's what a lot of people miss. That's actually a really good point. Man, you're on a roll. I'm I'm on a roll. (laughs) Got my shirt on. That's a really good point. It's clicking. It's clicking. But yeah, like... You have to have both the, the the studio and the story match. And this is one of those cases where this is a great pairing and it works perfectly. Wow. You, you're hard carrying this podcast. You're the youthful table to my Demon Slayer. Maybe that's what I should go on Comic-Con as. Youthful table? <laughs> youthful table. <laughs> <laughs> Your head is a UFO and then you're wearing a table costume? <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, I guess like as we're kind of nearing the hour mark here or over the hour mark, wrapping up the Demon Slayer conversation here, like what what would you give Demon Slayer, the Entertainment District arc, out of five? I have to give the arc itself a five because it's it's outstanding in terms of what it's done. It's almost perfect in the way they, the way they did it. To me, how I view s- certain anime, right? There's certain anime out there that have set new standards for anime time and time again. In 2016, when Your Name came out, for example, set a new standard of how we should be viewing anime, movies as a whole, the viewing experience in theaters, the music, the art, the quality of the show, etc. There's been other shows that have come out like that. And I think Demon Slayer is that in 2022. There's going to be a huge trickle-down effect to these other studios. And because of that, I think Demon Slayer deserves a five. Yeah, the plot's not the best, but it's not about that in the end to me. Like, it's about the impact that the, this anime has on the anime industry and what people remember from it. What, you know, we remember from it 10 years down the line. We'll look back at this and be like, wow, this was really a big turning point in anime. And that's why it's a five for me. I don't, I, I don't think like the Mugen Train movie was a five out of five, but this was just a whole different dynamic whole different experience that we got from a seasonal anime that doesn't rake in box office revenue which is insane yeah i agree with the i agree with those comments i definitely think we should think about it not just in the story itself but you know what it's doing for the industry and i think for that reason i think we conclude that out of the three shows we've we've kind of just talked about in this today's podcast demon slayer is in a league of its own 
whether you like the story or not. Yeah, this conversation though is gonna change next week when we talk about AOT in detail because we're seeing we're gonna see the climax of AOT this weekend or this upcoming weekend, and you know there's gonna be a whole conversation about the new standard that AOT might be setting. So look out for the next episode of the podcast where we cover AOT. We'll also co- cover the case study of Vanitas as I kind of make my way through season two. And yeah, any other closing thoughts, Pat? Before. We call it a week. I think I'm good. Uh, just wanted to give a quick holler at 86 for completing in the way it did, finally coming through eventually. Um, and I wanted to just tell everyone not to watch Platinum End. I know it popped up on the weekly rankings. <laughs> Do yourself a service. <laughs> Never click that show. Don't waste your time on that and watch some good anime. And we'll go watch Demon Slayer, maybe Ranking Kings and 86. All right, till next week, Weeboos, peace out.